Jesus said, Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were put around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. Thus the title of my homily this morning is How to Keep from Getting a Millstone Necktie. Important. Jesus explicitly says here that leading other people into sin is the underlying problem. It's the reason a person deserves to take a dip in the ocean with a millstone tied firmly around his neck. So obviously, that's where our focus needs to be this morning, on the ways that we can lead other people into sin, consciously or unconsciously. One way that we do that, or can do that, certainly, is through our actions. We can cause other people to sin by giving them a bad example, or by bringing them into situations where we know they will be severely tempted to do what's wrong, like teenagers who bring their friends to parties where their friends will be tempted to drink and engage in other immoral activities. But another way that we can lead people into sin is by our words, by the things we say to them, by the instruction, the counsel, the advice we give to them. And that's the point I want to challenge you to reflect on today. What kinds of things do you say to other people? In other words, what type of advice, what type of counsel do you give on a daily basis to your children, if you have them, or to other members of your family, to your co-workers, to your friends? Are you telling these people the right things, the good things they need to hear, things that will lead them closer to Christ, closer to the kingdom of God? Or are you telling them things that will lead them in the opposite direction and get you a millstone, necktie? Consider some of the pearls of advice that people give to one another frequently these days. Sometimes very intelligent, well-meaning people do this. I'm going to give you an example of some of these lines today. When they use these lines, these people think they're helping others, but they aren't. They're actually leading them into sin by encouraging them, by giving them permission to sin. Here's a few examples. All religions are pretty much the same. They all basically teach the same things. Has somebody ever told you that before? That very common saying can lead people into sin because it gives the person permission to shop around for a religion that he or she finds appealing. And since we all like to follow the path of least resistance, religions that appeal are usually those that condone immoral behavior. They're religions that reject moral codes like the Ten Commandments. Another line you often hear, everyone's doing it, so don't be too concerned. That type of advice can make a person complacent in a sin they've already committed, or can make that person more likely to commit a sin that they've been able to avoid so far. How about this one? It's your body, you should be able to do whatever you want with it. As we all know, since the 1960s, that line has been used to try to justify everything from abortion to contraception, physician-assisted suicide, and now to transgenderism. Consequently, in the last 50 or 60 years, that line has obtained millstone neckties for a lot of people here in our country and throughout the world. Another line you frequently hear, you don't need to go to Mass every week. 
Sometimes you've got other things that are more important to do. Believe it or not, many children have come to the confessional over the years to me and confessed the fact that their parents have told them that line many times, sometimes every weekend. Another common saying with a similar message is this one. You don't have to go to confession. You don't do anything wrong. Besides, you're not as bad as so-and-so is. Or how about this one? The church is old-fashioned. Variations of this saying are, the church needs to get with it, needs to get with the times. Church needs to change. Church needs to update her moral teaching. I think it should be pretty obvious how those lines could lead another person into sin. If what the church teaches is out of date, then obviously you can tune the church out, if you want, and live by your own rules. Another line, even though it's bad, you can handle it. It won't affect you. That's the line that assures people that they can do things like viewing pornography or use alcohol and drugs and then stop whenever they want to. But as people involved in 12-step programs will tell you, that's not the way it usually works. And finally, this one. Worry about your own needs. Let others take care of themselves. Jesus says to us in Matthew 25, whatever you do to the least of my brothers and sisters, you do to me. Our Lord makes it clear there in that chapter that we will be judged at the end of our lives by our charity as well as by our faith. The problem is if you follow the advice of those who tell you to worry only about your own needs, you're not going to be very charitable in your life. And that sin, if it's seriously enough, if it's serious enough, will have eternal consequences. The title of this homily, as I mentioned earlier, is How to Keep from Getting a Millstone Necktie. Well, at this point, it should be clear. To keep from getting a necktie of stone, we must not lead other people into sin, either by our actions or by our words. And we have to be very careful about the latter because words are very powerful. By our words, we have the power to point other people to heaven, or we can point them in the opposite direction. And you might say, Father Ray, I've said some of those lines you mentioned a few moments ago. I've said them to friends and relatives and co-workers. I thought I was helping them. I've also said other things to people that have encouraged them to do what's wrong. Well, that is a problem. It's a very big problem, according to what Jesus says in this text from Mark 9. But fortunately, my brothers and sisters, it's a problem that has a very simple solution. The solution is twofold. Step one involves a conversation. The conversation I'm referring to begins in this way. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. And it needs to include this line. I ask God's forgiveness today because I've said and done things that have led my brothers and sisters into temptation and also into sin. Step two comes afterward comes after absolution is given. And it's a very important step, just as important as step one. It involves our going out and trying to undo the damage we've caused, to the extent that we can. Sometimes we can't address it, unfortunately, but sometimes we can. And if we can, we should, we must. 
Now that's difficult to do, to admit we've been wrong and led people astray. Difficult to do, humbling to do, but in the end, it's extremely rewarding. It's rewarding because it helps us to get rid of our millstone necktie for good. It's rewarding because it puts us and kids keeps us and those we love on the road to heaven, which I have been told is a place where everyone has beautiful white robes and nobody wears neckties.